0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the TechLoop podcast. And here with us, we have today, Mr. Ajit Singh Rainer. Ajit is a Docker captain, he's a Docker community leader, and an ARM innovator. He's also worked several years at Dell, and at Redis Labs as well. He is the founder of collabnix.com, and where he offers blogs and trainings to people who are interested in DevOps and other cloud native technologies. You have been involved with docker and other cloud native technologies since from their very inception like when devops started to become a thing when when they became to like a become a very mature field could you tell us how you started the journey
1: okay so uh, so okay sure so i can i can talk about it so i started all around back in 2014 when i was um, uh, very keen on writing blog posts Uh, articles around Linux and open source. I do remember in 2014 I started a blog called as uh, Colapnix.com that is my personal website. Uh, I started writing about uh, Linux and during that time I came across uh, Docker. So it was a time I still remember in 2013 uh, there was one like a very short video of around 10 minutes of Solomon Hike in front of 30 python developers he went ahead and he demonstrated uh, docker for the first time believe me after that uh, within 3 to 4 weeks of time there were around hundreds and thousands of contributors who went ahead and you know start contributing for docker and that was a time when uh, i was so much excited uh, i started writing about docker and uh, uh, you know in 2016 i got a chance to travel to berlin uh, soon after becoming a docker captain so docker captains are uh, docker ambassadors they are not docker employees or they are not certified engineers but those are like an experts who go ahead contribute in terms of blog posts as well as writing um articles around uh, docker so i still remember that i was in uh, in one of the docker distributed summit which happened in berlin germany for the first time, I got a chance to meet with Solomon Hike, you know, the founder of Docker. And yeah. that is, that, that's the pleasure when you when you talk to one of the founder of like very vibrating community all across the yeah. globe. We just had a chat for around like five minutes. And one of the things which he asked me about is, you know, uh, what do you want to see next in Docker? And I said like Docker on IoT, can we have one kind of a conference on Docker on IoT? And he was so excited about it. And then we had two to three minutes chat. After that, after coming back to India, I, I I just realized that now this is a time where I have to go back, contribute to the community by writing. So blogging was my passion. And um, I started writing about it. Um, I started writing about all the new features and the releases which came with Docker. So that was quite exciting. And soon after that, I realized that like, those blog posts are getting popular i have been writing about new features and releases and there were like hundred and thousand of comments today collab attract around 12 to 13 million users readers okay uh, those are readers every year
0: okay mind-boggling so, <laughs>
1: yeah so i was it was really exciting because when you write about something and a lot of audience comes back and try to uh, you know interact with you try to ask questions and Try out new things, and that was a time. I would say, um, being a Docker captain as well as community leader, that was a time when uh, industry tries to, you know, recognize you. And there has been a lot of support from Docker captains as well as uh, Docker community leaders. So that is a time. And uh, let me go back to one of the other instances which I, which I rarely share in the, in, in, you know, in the meetups and all is. Um, it was in the year 2014 um, and I was working in Dell. Uh, I created the first Docker Salesforce, uh, Salesforce Chatter Group. And um, the first comment which I put is like, okay, I am more interested to know like who else in Dell are working on these technologies. Now in Dell, there are around 1.5 lakh employees, okay? You won't believe that. I posted that at around four o'clock and when i uh, i left office came back to home and when i checked my mobile at around 8 o'clock the first uh, message came from michael dell the founder of dell okay ceo and founder of dell and i was like so excited and then what he wrote is like uh, ajit you are really doing great i want to know how we can use docker to leverage uh, you know a system management tool and how you we can leverage inside dell and that was like kind of a, one of the uh, inspiring thing to me because that was something which is like even when your leader also knows about this technology and he's talking about this technology, he's more excited about it. That is the boost I got from two of the great leaders and that, you know, from the day, from that day onwards, I, I thought that, okay, I am going to do something really interesting and exciting for the community and that is how all
0: it started. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's one hell of a story. Yeah. Uh, So uh, moving on. Uh, So you, you graduated a long time ago from college, if I'm not wrong. So do you think college played an important role in your journey?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, So there are a lot of incidents now, if um, I have been, you know, I have joined recently my group of where there are a lot of college students, which I have been part of. So I passed out in the year 2006. Uh, before that itself, I started uh, learning and reading about Linux. I do remember I went to Jaipur for, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting trained for, for Red Hat certified um, examination. So during that time itself, uh, we were doing, you know, a lot of exciting stuff. I still remember that uh, I went ahead for training. And once I came back, I logged all the computers in the lab. Uh, through, through the grub configuration. It is like a bootloader configuration. Yeah.
0: And yeah.
1: I was told to get out of the college for next one week time. And that was like, that was really exciting for me because people, people know about me. There is a lot of visibility. So once you learn Linux, it is so exciting yeah. technology because it is, a, it is kind of best of breed of the technologies like open source tools like Genome and KD. I still remember that. Yeah. and one of the instance one one of the thing which i want to share is like uh, it was in uh, second year of my engineering where i got to know about ubuntu now ubuntu was just like 5.04 version of it and there was a site called as shipitubuntu.com where i went ahead and you know ordered around 700 isos you know cd drive cd's yeah. of ubuntu yeah. And I was thinking like, okay, it might be like, you know, uh, people might not be able to ship it and they might ship one or two. But I was surprised to see like one of the box filled with 700 CDs, okay, was shipped to me. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to go ahead and distribute to my friends. So I went ahead and distributed to all my friends. I was talking about Linux. I was reading about it. And that was the time where I was like very initially stage how to install Linux and all those things were going on. I still remember that one of my friends came back saying like, what is this CD? It's ISO all about because it ruined my Windows operating system. So if you, <laughs> if you remember like those times you just insert the CD and it boots up and it will just, it won't ask you to do the partition. Maybe like yeah. a few of the guys are not, not at all aware of how to do the partitions and all. Yeah. So I still remember that there were so many folks who came back to me saying like, my window is gone. Like <laughs> it was partitioning itself, they were not aware of. They were like core Windows uh, users. So there are so many instances which I have been doing during the training session in Jaipur. Uh, One of the instructors, Piyush Yudhuvanshi, he was like always keeping eye on me saying like, I am suspecting you are doing something, something to hack into the other system. So there are so many things which I have been doing. And that brought a lot of uh, confidence in knowing the system itself i started contributing for open source for you magazine so at that time it was called as linux for you i was writing article for it so college uh, you know uh, during the college time one of the thing which i have been doing is i uh, we were exploring ipv6 so major of the IITs and NITs they were doing some kind of experiment around ipv6 implementation for dns ftp web servers yes. and all uh, we couldn't get much chance there but Definitely, it was uh, it was one of the things which we were exploring and soon after the college, uh, I again met with those folks and we were trying to implement all those IPv6-based uh, web services, file services and all those things. So, it has been a great learning. I would say college played a really important role. But if you have a passion and if you have um, a lot of curiosity inside to go ahead and explore the technology, I think... That is the time
0: where you can go and get started with the technology. So since you bought up hacking and you do not need to reply, did you ever gain root access into your college lab or something and did something fishy? (laughs) Many
1: times, I would say it's many times, you know, once you played around with ETC password and ETC shadow and all those files, Definitely there is a lot of room to go into and especially we were doing the hacking at the grub level. Now you can just think about not even a kind of a login level or login or a shell level, but it is like a grub level. So
0: yeah, I've done a couple of times. Oh, that's that's, that's great to hear. Cool. Uh, So Docker and coming to Docker and Kubernetes, right? So Docker and Kubernetes are technologies which primarily help you run workloads on your production infrastructure, right? But for students who just took a Docker course on Udemy, let's say, for example, they do not have production grade applications to play with, right? They do not have the applications to write Docker files and write YAML files for configs. How do you think those people should get started uh, on on like, you know, real projects?
1: Okay, so as a student or any new engineer, you know, candidates, and when you are searching for a job, I would suggest that um, you really don't need to go into the production level itself. The first thing is you need to know about the technology. Okay. So I have a few of the tips for, uh, because I have been getting a lot of um, queries on LinkedIn, as well as Twitter, as well as Facebook. Like how shall I get started? Because there are so many things happening over LinkedIn. People are writing blog posts and sharing it. Uh, so when you join any company, it is not like directly you are put into the production environment. It ha- it happens through through years of experience around it, okay? So when you talk about Docker, container, these are are basically a cloud-native application. So anything and everything which is related to in container as an environment are called as a cloud-native application. Now, when you start with a Docker, the first thing is you really don't need a production-grade environment to start with. You can start on your laptop. You can start on your browser. There are a couple of tools which you can use it. So let me go back and try to, you know, uh, split this particular topic into like the five different uh, five top recommendation, which I have. The first thing is when you start with this technology, the first thing which you need to get is get involved with the community. That is really important for anyone who is starting with Docker. There is a Docker community slack. There is a Kulapnik slack, which I started around one year back. So you get involved with it so that you get to know about all of these tools. When you start with docker uh, especially when you start with the kubernetes before kubernetes i would suggest get hands-on with docker like what docker yeah. does especially what is the container what why uh, the, the, the on, one of the important thing is why we have adopted that technology what exactly what kind of problem what kind of problem this technology is solving you really need to know about it because the thing is today if you see there are hundred of devops tools which has been yeah. introduced and if you try to learn all of them you will get into the into the confusion state where you never know which route to go. Okay, so uh, for any beginners in Docker, I would say first get uh, involved with the Docker Slack community. Docker Slack community uh, is a free community where you can go ahead get involved. There are around fifty thousand plus uh, participants. We do yeah. have a community for India. We have a community uh, for uh, uh, for a different cloud vendors like AWS, GCP. So. Um, uh, you need to know at least one cloud platform, I would suggest, and that cloud platform, you need to go ahead and get a certification on top of it, okay? That is important for you to get, uh, especially on the job. But if you are looking out for the long-term prospective, you have to get involved with the community. The second point is, uh, I have my personal community called as uh, Colabnic Slack, which you can be part of. There are around 4,000 plus uh, members who are in Colabnic Slack. So, and that is that is again for free you can you can you can join the community uh, and then you can uh, choose a particular channel which you are interested on so we have a channel for ansible uh, docker kubernetes so you are free to go ahead interact with the community members in one way when you get an access to around 4000 participant or audience or members you definitely have an edge of reaching out to them, okay? These are like uh, industry professionals of more than five years, you know, more than 10 years yeah. where you can directly go to them. and, Okay. And uh, when you talk about the production, right, There always there is always a best practices guide. Say when you are dealing with uh, Docker images or you are setting up the orchestration tools like Kubernetes, there are best practices guide which you need to follow. And uh, mm-hmm. these members are going to help you out. The third thing is uh, you need to contribute for all of those projects, open source projects. So if you mm. look at Kubernetes, Kubernetes is uh, brings uh, it, is, it is all about a group of open source projects which have been used, okay? And mm. you have to be a kind of a contributor for those projects in order to mm. excel. Otherwise, you know, what will happen is like every now and then you will get to know about the new tools and techniques which comes with the Kubernetes. So you need to go ahead and you know uh, at least know about this so if mm. you talk about automation tool so mm. ansible terraform terraform is majorly used for say if you want to automate a cloud based yeah. deployment terraform is really popular for on prem say inside your lab you want to go ahead and um, deploy a few of the applications set up the cluster so ansible is very popular in that, yeah. in that so You need to know about all these tools, like as a DevOps engineer, it's all about how you know about these tools and how you use this tool to uh, basically get the business edge. So, uh, And the last thing which I want to say is when you get all those access to those tools, you get a community, start writing about uh, writing blogs or articles to share it to the audience. Because when you share it, you learn a lot of things. Uh, in return, so Definitely. I have been. Uh, I, I I'm I'm a kind of a community guy. I have been doing a community work since last five years. And believe me, today whatever the expertise which I got, it's all about the community. It's all coming from the community because they are the one who is driving me rather than I driving the community.
0: Yeah, like yeah, open source is um, something which we also try to we, we try to yeah. contribute to a lot. Um. So yeah, thanks for that. Um. Answer. So recently at uh, WWDC, Apple announced that they are moving their MacBooks from Intel x86 to their custom ARM chips. As one of the 50 ARM innovators in the world, what do you think this move means for Apple? And not only for Apple, but the entire tech industry.
1: Okay. So if you look at, this is a particular move by the particular company, right? So Apple, um, I do remember, uh, I was building a kind of an, uh, I don't know how many of you know about it today i can even create and uh, raspberry pi based docker images on my mac machine yeah okay so which means that say if you are deploying some kind of a deep learning application on raspberry pi or jetson nano kind of an iot devices you need to go you need to have that particular environment you need to have a raspberry pi to build it but yeah. that is no longer valid now yeah. even Right now, if I am on my Mac machine and if I want to build any images for my Raspberry Pi, I can do it here itself. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, and, and I think that is the move which is happening where you don't really have to be on the IoT devices to build the IoT-based application. You can even do it on cloud, you can even do it on your laptop. And that is one of the moves which you know Apple made the reason that for a developer, I really don't have to worry about the infrastructure. All I need is I need to only concentrate on my code. I only have to concentrate on GitHub repo. Yeah. If, as a developer, if I'm spending more and more time in deploying an application on IoT, the, the reason being, you know, you don't have an io- access to IoT devices all the time. Yeah. There, are, there are students, there are professors there are id engineers who really have to you know they ha- they, might, they might be working on some of the some of the software which should be a cross platform if you build some kind of an application and package it in terms of containers it doesn't mean that um, it's going to work everywhere is, yes it should work everywhere and and, and that that is a, that is a whole theme of uh, the docker itself yeah. build ship run everywhere Deploy. right yeah yeah And now the other thing is build, ship, run and share. You need to have, you need to share it to your colleagues or to, if you are building some software for the customer. So the whole move is really, uh, is, is really good news for all the ARM innovators itself, as well as the ARM community. I would say the reason being, I really don't have to wait for my device to come and deploy it. Once I deploy it and test it on my laptop or on my on my, let's say, IoT devices, I can even go ahead and test it on the cloud. So I think that is a perfect move which was made. And since I have been already been involved into building the Docker images on your laptop and pushing it to IoT, I think that is a
0: win-win situation for everyone. That's great to hear. So, my my next question is a bit, um, it's a, it's a bit far-sighted. So. If you look, if you look back at history, right, if you look back at how DevOps has progressed through the years, so we we went from deploying multiple services onto one physical machine. And then VMs came along, and then we thought we can you know, make certain several VMs in one physical machine and deploy services into separate, separate VMs so that services don't eat up all the memory the, the device has. And then containers came along, and then we started you know, containerizing our deployments. And now, slowly, we're seeing the rise of serverless with AWS Lambda and Google Cloud functions. What, what technology do you think should offer, should be offered where I can say that, okay, this is the best way that I can deploy 99% of my services.
1: Okay, so um, definitely if you uh, like, uh, let me, uh, let me go back a little. If you see, uh, there was an age, you know, there was a time around 20 years back when we were talking about x86 hardware we were deploying an application on top of it you know and uh, if you go back around 15 years ago your application was sitting on a very uh in a single server okay say if you are deploying some kind of a web-based application and uh, those applications you know it usually follow a waterfall model where you start with requirement you go To the coding testing integration testing acceptance testing and then it goes to the staging and production right so this was a software development lifecycle which used to go and it used to take around six to one year for any of the product cycle you know and uh, during this uh, during the course of this time what we have seen is this application used to sit in a single large server okay now, as a developer, as a new developer who joins the company, when I go ahead and you know get familiar with these products, then you realize that you know I can't go ahead and make certain changes and you know um, uh, recommend to my um, top management saying like, why are you building this application in Java based? Let's yeah. go, can't move to the .NET or PHP based, and that is a very difficult decision, right, for yeah. them also. Yeah, because your application is sitting and these applications, you know. Um, um, there is a general consensus like every successful um, application keeps growing so one of the application when i joined dell was around like 500 mb today it is like 1.5 gb size right mm. now uh, the problem with this was like it was like a kind of a big monolithic libraries and binaries sitting on one single server
0: yeah
1: now today if you look these applications has been now splitted into the small microservices Microsoft. architecture the reason yep. being the reason being i uh, take an example of an e-commerce company like Flipkart or amazon right they have like a payment gateway a credit card department there could be a shopping cart department is uh, the other one or take an example of a catalog you know any store services and all this thing. now earlier we used to have one database for all those services right now we have an individual um, databases for each of these services okay yeah. and that yeah. is that is the whole idea of microservices architecture uh, with microservices to go ahead and implement it we had a concept called as containers now yeah. every uh, containers say if you have ever used docker compose as a tool right yeah. what you are trying to do is you are building a small small microservices and each of these microservices have this uh, its own uh, database system now, when you deploy a containers, we realize that there is a lot of dependencies on the underlying infrastructure itself. So if I'm running a containers or if I'm installing Docker, so Docker has to support all those platforms, right? Yeah. Today, if you ask me, can I install Docker on Solaris? No, I can't install it. Can I install a very latest version of Docker on FreeBSD? No, you can't do it. You have to go through a lot of process, right? So there was a dependencies on infrastructure and that is where the function as a service came into the picture where we are now from containers to serverless, right? Now in serverless, think of it is like, you have a certain services which are running, somewhere right and all you have to do is you just have to trigger it get your work done it's just like you know you're switching on your tv to watch your favorite serial uh, tomorrow at nine o'clock yeah so it doesn't mean that you have to switch on your tv for the whole day it is just like at nine yeah. o'clock tomorrow you go ahead switch on the tv watch it and switch off yeah. so your service service should trigger in such a way and that is the whole concept of serverless yeah. you really don't need to worry about the infrastructure Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't really have to worry about infrastructure. Though serverless doesn't mean that it is an end of containers. Serverless uses container as a base platform. Okay. So there are multiple serverless platforms like Lambda, OpenFast. Those are like, you know, they are both open source as well as the commercial. But that is where the whole industry is moving to. And when you build an application, you really have to uh, first step would be. You go ahead and containerize your application, but the second step would be take care of it in such a way that it should work in such a way like it should support a
0: serverless platform too. Yeah. 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 That's a great insight. Actually. Uh, I mean, uh, my understanding of serverless actually improved now. So how would you describe your ideal undergrad who is interviewing for a systems engineer or a DevOps role? Like what qualities would you look for in that person? as a system engineer as a system engineer or you know someone who's managing devops or all the config files for deployment what qualities would you look, look for in that person?
1: okay so, so the first thing which you really need to understand is you know there has been a lot of definition around devops yeah. So, uh, uh, and this is a really important topic which you have brought um, i have been discussing about devops in the past like many times with uh college graduates as well as someone who want to pursue it or someone who has just completed the training itself you know one of the things which you really need to understand is uh, devops there is no any kind of a cookbook for devops okay yeah. so so doesn't mean that you go ahead read a book and you become a devops engineer
0: yeah
1: the other the other myth which i have seen um uh, in, uh, in as a devops is devops though it is a combination of developers as an operation it doesn't mean that you are just, uh, you know,
0: uh,
1: operations. It doesn't mean that developer has to skip the operation work or has to do the operation work or operation has to skip the development work. Yeah. The concept of DevOps is is a way how you collaborate both the activities together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you talk about DevOps, uh, there are uh, DevOps is basically a kind of a culture. They are special forces which drives your business. It is not just about going ahead and executing few of the commands and getting the server up. <laughs> DevOps doesn't mean that you go ahead and set up a Docker containers, you write Docker, you know, Docker files or Docker compose file. It doesn't mean that you are the only one who are writing a YAML file to bring up the services. The concept of DevOps is in terms of that where your developers as well as operations teams sit together they come together and then drive the business in they drive they accelerate the business growth in terms of the collaborating with the multiple teams inside the organization now there are few qualities you know which has to be in place to become a very effective devops engineer the first thing is they have to be a very effective communicator because the thing is they are not just an execution force but they are the one who are driving the business so they have they have to be very Communicated, they have to communicate with lot number of people who could be an SRE, who could be a test engineers, or could be the developers, operations team, right? So they have a very large range of you know uh, uh, large range of teams which they have to um, deal with. Uh, they have to deal with as well as influence. The second thing is they have to be an expert collaborators. They have to collaborate. It. They are not. Like an individual contributor is inside a company who is working in one product and concentrated yeah. on you know, throughout their um, their career, they have to be very effective collaborators. They need to be a mentors because they are the one who who basically always who are always busy in learning new technologies, which could be like open source technology. At yeah. the same time, they have to mentor their juniors who are developers. They have to work with them, right? They have to be very uh, customer focused. They have to talk to the customers and they should be a customer service oriented individual kind of a stuff. Okay, so those kind of things. The other thing is they have to own few of the integral components aligned to the company goals because they take an ownership of them to go ahead, drive it, uh, to chart out the business goals like what is the bigger picture. So they have to think about the bigger pictures they have to manage the infrastructure end to end they should have a broad knowledge and experience uh, around infrastructure automation tools so they need to know about tools like ansible terraform those are like few of the things which they should know and uh, and during the course of time they also need to also uh, they need to go ahead and talk about these technologies or the knowledge which, which they have uh, gained through the years of experience so if you see look at the colabnic slack community which i have been there are around 70 to 80 percent are like a DevOps engineers. Yeah, they are they are in this channel why because they like to go ahead and share it with the community. So these are like I would say a uh, few of the qualities which a DevOps engineer should have in order to you know build their career successfully
0: in a DevOps uh, engineering. Yeah. Oh, that's that's brilliant advice. Oh, thank you so much one question that i think everyone wants to know is that uh, you are a docker captain you are a docker community leader i think bangalore group right uh, you are an arm innovator you recently won the docker captain step award if i'm not wrong yes yeah and and several more awards right how does it feel to be part of such an elite group of developers and system engineers
1: yeah, so uh, definitely sometimes, as, as it is said, right, uh, I usually say is, uh, it's sometimes, you know, you don't drive the community, it's community which drives you, right. Yeah. So it's all because of the support from the community, I would say. Uh, it's definitely a very, uh, there's a lot of respect, uh, which I have received from the community. And that is, that is what driving me today. As a Docker captain, uh, there is a lot of responsibility too, uh, because, if you look at uh, i have around 10000 plus followers in linkedin as well as 4000 plus on twitter so whatever i go ahead and post around the technology which could be a docker or kubernetes or any cloud native technology there is a sense of responsibility where i need to go ahead and talk about it uh, it shouldn't be the case like i am i should send a wrong message to the community saying like this is the way how you should proceed it because there is i i, I I do believe that is not a single book for uh, for being a successful in this industry. Definitely, there is a sense of responsibility as well as I think the one of the thing which has really uh, been working for me from the from the past um, four years is the Slack community. Um, the collaborative Slack has really been one of the place where I go ahead um, and talk to the community what they like, what they want to learn. And I have been getting a lot of calls from uh, the college graduates, like how shall I proceed? And a few of, the, yeah. few of you know, the community members, they have been reaching out to me, uh, saying like how to build a career in DevOps. And I do spend time with them. I do, I, I do discuss with them whenever I get time to explain them. Like don't panic in this situation where everyone is, you know, throwing out a lot of tools, building a lot of tools every day. Just be patient. Have a list of things which you want to do in the next six months. So I think it's all about the community. Uh, Osconf was one of the community efforts which we started in Bangalore. And I just want I don't want to limit um, itself in, in, only in the Bangalore. So one of the one of one of the things which has really worked even during the COVID situation is a lot of community members from across the globe has come together. And that is yeah. the reason we have already conducted Osconf in Kochi. Uh, in pune and now we are like targeting few of the other cities we are like a very in very early stage of that but we will be like announcing it so these community when you when you have a vibrating community around you who basically drives you who comes to you and say like suggest you who help you out so all of those community events which we have been doing it's all about um, it's all about you know when you have a great number of people who are ready to help you out we used yeah. to do a meetup in Bangalore where we used to see like around 500 plus audience and it is not like a meetup. It is like a mini conference. So the yeah. whole world see it as like a community uh, like Docker Bangalore community is one of the uh, world largest community with around 10,000 plus people, right? Yeah. So 10,000 is definitely a very overwhelming figure, right? So yeah. uh, I don't think any community... Uh, any Docker community across the world has that. And when you have this great number of people with you who are ready to help you out, I think that is something which 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 always, you know, keep you active in this particular community and do a lot of things for others.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, so almost every DevOps tool, like from monitoring to testing to container technology, they are open sourced and they're fully written in Golan so what what do you think motivates developers to choose golang and like is there a possibility for uh, other languages to compensate for golang where it fails
1: okay so if you talk about a uh, latest uh, container based or say the cloud native applications uh, most of them have been um, i would say in 98% of them have been built in uh, go language yeah. but there are other languages which are coming up since uh, i have more expertise on docker and i have spent more time in you know docker and kubernetes and cloud native application i think golang is one thing which you really need to learn right if you really want to uh, want to enter into this technology yeah. if you are spending more and more time on iot especially on deep learning machine learning then i would suggest python
0: yeah
1: now golang and python are the two most popular um, uh, programming tools which you really need to know if you really want to enter into any of the industry and if you want to build a career around iot even running containers you know or say iot automation tools if you want to learn that you need to uh, you need to enter into it now for a golang we started a program called as gopher labs like long back that is the platform where which can help you to get started with it so we have a community members who are very active and uh, they can help you get started with uh, Golang. So we do have a few of the weekend weekly uh, sessions on Golang which you can go ahead and attend it. So I would suggest like uh, both of these programming languages are um, are really and are are necessary today. Uh, But if you are primarily looking for a cloud native application, I think Golang is the one which is quite popular because whole Docker and Kubernetes has been written in Golang. Even if when you go ahead and write a YAML file it and it brings up the Kubernetes objects, those are in the backend written as a Golang. So uh, I would suggest Golang is a must because you need to have, when you deal with a container or cloud native application, you need to know one programming language at least.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think I think it's really needed, uh, even though uh, we don't have a certification around it today, but But when you are like when you are starting your engineering or long before engineering itself, if you are getting familiar with these technologies or the programming uh, tools and technologies that is going to help you out in
0: a career. Yeah. So one of the primary jobs of DevOps engineers by their very definition is deploying services, deploying hundreds of services and making sure they stay deployed, like they don't, uh, they don't burn down. How does a DevOps engineer deal with that stress? Of, of knowing that they can get a call at any minute saying that the service has gone down, you need to open your laptop and like reconfigure it.
1: Okay. So um, I would say DevOps engineer don't really have to worry about it today because there are, um, we are in 2020 and there have been a lot of efficient tools. Uh, let me take an example of, you know, as I said, right today, uh, we, um, Today, we are in a time where you really don't have to be a good Kubernetes administrator because these innovative tools like Terraform and Ansible, they take care of your infrastructure. Yeah. Think of it as like, uh, you might have heard about OpenShift, yeah. uh, those kind of very popular platform as a service, they take care of your Kubernetes uh, infrastructure. So, for example, say you are deploying some kind of a container-based technology, right? Or say you are deploying uh, application in terms of containers. Now, when you are deploying on a single machine, right? Uh, For a single machine, it is very easy. You can go ahead and manage it. When you are deploying it on the multitude of servers or in the cloud instances, right? Then you need an orchestration tools like Kubernetes. Now kubernetes is a very intelligent orchestration platform which is which has a capability of self-healing itself yeah so if you have ever worked on bare metal system you need to have a lot of monitoring tools which has to be integrated but with kubernetes and its ecosystem there are a lot of compatible monitoring as well as logging tools which you can set up just once and they are going to take care of your whole infrastructure today in, even in your Slack channel, I can get a notification whether my Jenkins jobs has been executed or not. So okay. you have an access through your mobile. So gone are the days where you need to spend hours and hours in getting the logs as well as monitoring. Today, with just one YAML file, I can deploy monitoring tool with one YAML file, I can deploy the logging tool.
0: Yeah.
1: And. Today everything is abstracted. If if you talk about OpenShift itself, like as a developer, I need to just focus on GitHub, write code, and then once I commit the changes, that will automatically go to the Kubernetes. It will create a Kubernetes uh, YAML objects. It will it is it it will be like a kind of a self healing. Um, uh, With the technology like routing mesh and all, if your customer is accessing your website, say you are like hosting some kind of a web application, even if your node goes down, other nodes are there to go ahead and serve those requests. So today we have a best of breed blend of technologies which can really help you out. You don't really have to be on your phone call during late night because your system is built in such a way that it is a self-healing it will self serve the web pages in such a way. And that is, that is, that is the whole, um, you know, the way the, uh, you know, the route where the whole world is moving towards having more and more tools, which takes care of those downtimes, which takes care of those uh, uh, malfunctioning of, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, of those services. So you don't have to really worry about it. You just have to pick up the right tool. Say when you talk about monitoring, Prometheus is one of yeah. very popular and if you want to know, if you want to have a fancy uh, graph, you have a Grafana which, which gets integrated so well. In terms of logging as well as the APM and all of the performance management, application performance management, you have an elastic stack which you can deploy it. Even if you can, even uh, even uh, you have, if you are talking about the cloud, we have a cloud watch kind of a tool where you yeah. can go ahead and watch your Monitoring tool. Um, I don't know whether you are aware of it. Today, we have around, if you go to the AWS marketplace, there are 230 plus monitoring tools which are available. Now, you can just imagine for monitoring those 1000 services, you have 200 plus monitoring services from different companies. Now, earlier, we used to stick to either the Nagios or JBX and all, right? today you have so many technologies the only thing you have to do is pick up the right technology which can help you out okay and once it is deployed correctly then you don't have to really worry about your
0: infrastructure yeah. i mean yeah that's that's like the first thing you said we are living in 2020 that life that's sums it all 2020 has everything so what is one thing that you would really like to see get improved in in cloud native technologies like one thing which you wish was just there, which will make your life or other DevOps engineers life much more easier.
1: So one thing which I would, do, I, I would like to see, you know, is uh, even I would start with the college days itself, right? In a, in a college curriculum, I would believe like there has been a lot of things which have been introduced. Maybe Docker could be one thing which I would have known uh, long back, right? Yeah. So I would say like... Uh, Uh, In India, Docker was adopted. I I started writing about Docker in 2015, right, Uh, where it was first of all introduced in 2013. After that, you know, Docker 1.0, uh, 2.0, 3.0 came into the picture. But I would say, in India, if we have an, we would have an early adoption of cloud as well as container technology, that would have changed the whole industry itself. Today, uh, even the cloud. to india very late i would say it should have been in early you know around uh, 10 years ago but it came very late and that is the reason why you see there there were very less uh, conferences which are happening i would have loved to see DockerCon happening in india Mm. and that comes only through the influence when you have a more and more number of devops engineers or you have more and more number of contributors from india itself I think that could have changed the whole phase of how uh, these container-based technologies can be improved. Um, If you see in 2018 is a time during the initial uh, phase of 2018, that was the time when people started realizing that, okay, there is something called as a DevOps engineer and I I need to build a career, right? So in India. People are more focused with the job rather than contribution to the open source technology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and that, that is the reason where uh, yeah they just learn the technology to get a job rather than go ahead, contribute for the technology. And, and that is the reason where you see now in the past, like one year back only, there are like so many active participation in the open source community has taken place. But I would say like if it would have been adopted around like 10 years back. There could be a lot of opportunities in India where people go ahead and try to use this technology. We could have a lot of conferences which are happening because these conferences just came like like one year back uh, on the container-based technology. But before that, if, if it had happened, then you know there are so many uh, so many uh, things which could have been contributed from India itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess this is the question of what if you know, like what if that had happened. Uh, so, moving to our next segment. So, this is a segment we like to call Sketchy Banter, where I ask okay. you five questions about your work or some related technologies. And you have to answer them instantaneously, like right on the top of your mind. OK? OK. OK.
1: Cool.
0: So, let's start. Um, how nervous are you when Jenkins or Travis is building your project? A lot, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't want to see a non zero exit code. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, what would your reaction be if your boss told you to push something to production on a Friday?
1: Ah, that's,
0: that's a scary
1: one because I don't want to waste my weekends on it. <laughs> but definitely, it is going to be a
0: scary for me and for my rest of my team. Yeah. Uh, how would you react if you spent debugging something for hours and hours and found out that it was a test that had the bug?
1: <laughs> that's funny. The reaction would be really, I would say, like I have wasted so much time on it. I could have done it uh, very smartly. I think I think it happens from day-to-day activities when you start learning some technology. Because for me, when I have been writing about these blogs, there are so many new things which I have been doing. So the reaction won't be instant, but yes, yeah. I I, feel, I will feel like something, you know, it should have been, you know, smartly done.
0: What's your reply to someone when they say it worked during dev or it worked during testing? Uh,
1: It would be, yes, mild one. It it should not be like something because there is always uh, everyday learning for me. So
0: it will be like uh, normal. Uh, So last one. uh, And I guess this is the biggest one. uh, If there is one Linux distro you had to delete forever, what would it be?
1: it is not linux but it is unix based which is ecom station
0: okay so what what makes you think that it shouldn't exist like this thing is the most worst thing in the world when i was working in vmware we were
1: testing this um, os specific os and believe me like i would say more than the number of codes which ha- it has been written there were no more number of bugs <laughs> <laughs> so so running it on a VMware, vSphere 4.1 was one of, uh, one of the things which every team member struggled a lot.
0: So I just want to delete that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's, that's a funny anecdote, I guess. Um, so I would like to thank you so much for taking all the time for this podcast. It has been truly a great pleasure talking to you and hearing about your opinions and insights about DevOps. Um, yeah, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed this conversation.
1: Yeah, and, and thank you so much, right? Being in, especially in the student chapter, you have been conducting all of this, all of these things. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure to be part of uh, this particular podcast. And definitely this is going to help, uh, uh, you know, most of the students to go ahead and, you know, try to adopt the technology. I do believe like whatever I have been sharing is based truly on the experience which I have gone through. And thank you so much for having me today here.